good evening. Good evening and praise the Lord. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to let you just go ahead and continue on fellowshipping. I see you've already got a great start on it, as usual. Great. So um, just go ahead and uh, we'll reconvene in a bit. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord this evening? I just love the fellowship. I just love the fellowship. It is great to be here today. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this evening and for the opportunity and the privilege to be able to come into your house. God, as we enter into this time of worship, dear Lord, we pray, God, that you would meet with us and, God, that you would stir our hearts. And God, that you would draw us closer to you tonight, dear Lord. We pray, dear Lord, that we would honor you in all the words that we say and the things that we do tonight. And we'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.
start with Amazing Grace by Chains Are Gone. you free. He set us free from something, right? He set us free from sin. We could start there.
that is greater than all our sin, right? Grace that is greater than all our sin. And Lord knows our sin was great. But grace that was greater. Pastor talked about it this morning. There's nothing that God can't do. He does everything. He's not the God of anything. He's the God of everything. Amen? Let's sing that grace, grace one more time. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. Not only do we have grace, we have mercy. Song that covers me. 
They have brought us into this presence, and we have this opportunity to come to the altar and to show God our praise and to thank Him for His love and for His mercy that He has so graciously poured out upon us. Uh, you know, but instead of coming to the altar, uh, you know, tonight I want us to uh, I, I want to hear some testimonies about God's grace and about God's mercy. Uh, you know, we talked about and we praised God or we should have given our praise for the chains that He has broken, uh, you know, and taken away from our lives. And I know that more of us had chains broken than what stood up and testified. Uh, you know, um, I can think, uh, you know, pride, uh, you know, was one of the things as a youngster that I really struggled with and dealt with, but arrogance you know, being arrogant. You know, those are things that God has taken away. You know, um, I didn't run around in the drug scene. But I tell you what, I gave some basketball coaches and some football coaches, uh, you know, um, a run for their money. Uh, you know, they, uh, they really didn't like it all that much. But he still took those things away from us. You know, and one of the things that we look at is that even as Christians, we can become arrogant Christians. And we can become very prideful Christians. And Scripture tells us that, uh, you know, pride comes before the fall. Uh, you know, prideful heart is a heart that, uh, you know, that God does not like. You know, we have to be willing to be able to turn those things over to Him as we continue to walk. So let's have testimonies about our praise and about worship and about thanking God for His love and for His mercy that He poured out upon us. His love and mercy because we weren't very wise.
Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
that's a uh, that's a victory from indoor camp meeting, right? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Yes. God is good. All the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. We thank him for all that he does for us and all that he has done for us. If we can have the ushers to go ahead and make their way forward. And we're going to have the prettiest one of the bunch to pray for us. And Larry, that's not you. That's... He's still working on this side. <laughs> um, well, while she gets settled in, um, it's been a couple weeks since we talked about me doing the special tonight, and I really wasn't really settled on what song to sing. And the one that I know I need to do, I'm not really comfortable with. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway, but I want to go back to what he was talking about earlier. My husband's good when he's one-on-one, but he's not much for standing up in front of people and talking. But he would be in the hospital today if God did not have his hand wrapped around him earlier this week. We were out in the yard, and he was working on moving a trailer And normally, it would be something that goes really smoothly. Well, for whatever reason, the lawnmower that he attached to the trailer lifted up, threw him off. He came down on the hitch. The hand crank, you guys know how tall that is off of a, you know, off of a trailer. And he he rode, landed on his feet, sat there a minute and caught his breath. And he barely has a mark on his back. He, it, it, it stunned me. The kids were in the yard, and of course, they screamed and they cried because they just knew something terrible just happened to Papa, and they just couldn't handle that. And and you know, and for days, even and normally, I'm the pretty mellow one. <laughs> I usually say, "Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Lord did a great thing," and I did, but I was constantly checking. To make sure, are you sure you're okay? You feel like any broken bones? Are you, you know, because I mean, you know, he could have been impaled by this thing. He flew up, he came down, and rolled over on his feet. And I mean, if that's, if you can't realize the love that God has for you, when we do things, and I say when we, when we do things without fully thinking them through and accidents happen, God still has his hand on us. No matter how stupid we can be, how foolish we are, or how, how many choices that we make that are not good, or safe even, just safe for that matter, God still has his hand on us. Um, you know, it's funny, for the past couple of days I've been praying <laughs> Because you guys know every time I get a mic in my hand in this particular setting, something goes wrong. 
<laughs> so, I, you know, I've been praying for a couple days that um, that the Lord would do what he always does and let you hear the message regardless of what happens with the equipment or the microphone or any of that stuff because ultimately it's not about me. It's not about anything other than when you hear the Holy Spirit. And see, that's my job as a, as a vocalist, as somebody who sings, as somebody who brings you into worship or however you want to look at it. My sole job is to lay my stuff down and give you what God calls me to give you and let him do everything else that he does. I, I learned a long time ago that the consequence is not up to me. That's between you and God. What this song does in your life and in your heart, that's between you and God. I just am here to deliver a message. And since I'm working from my phone, y'all be patient.
Amen. Amen. Beautiful song, beautiful voice. Yes. Amen. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Tonight, I want us to go back and I want us to look, continue looking in John chapter 6. I want us to go to uh, this particular passage and we're going to we're going to look at this one, but I'm going to take you to several other ones. So just simply go here to John chapter 6, and we're going to start right here at verse 47. John chapter 6, verse 47. We're talking about, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Jesus being the bread of, you know, the bread of life. And yes, uh, you know, Jesus provides all, but Jesus is all, and he needs to be all in our life. Uh, you know, as we look at this, uh, you know, in this bread of life. So in verse 47, it says, I tell you the truth. 
anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. So Jesus, again, there again, we're, we're going in and we're breaking this down and talking more and getting a better understanding as far as what he was meaning by him being the bread of life. Whenever we look at this, we get this uh, you know, story and it takes us back to Exodus chapter 16, uh, you know, where uh, you know, God gave uh, you know, the Israelites manna from heaven and he says that the bread that they ate or the manna that they ate that God gave them, uh, you know, they still died even though they ate that bread. And we find here that Jesus is telling us again, he says, but if you, if you believe in me, you'll have eternal life. And if you believe that I am the bread of life, uh, you know, that, uh, and you eat of this, then you will never die. We, we don't, I don't, I don't believe, and I know for myself, I try to wrap my head around this and I try my best to understand this. Uh, you know, but what Jesus is saying here is that right now, uh, you know, since I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that I will never die. Now, does that mean that I go run out in front of a car? No. What it means is, is that I live my life not in worry about tomorrow. Because regardless of what tomorrow brings, if it brings my last breath here on this earth, my next one's going to be with Him in heaven. I'm not going to die. Billy Graham said it. He said, I, you know, if somebody tells you that I died, they're wrong because I just simply changed addresses. And that's what we're going to do. We're just simply going to change. We're going to take the last breath here. We're going to step into our heavenly body, and we're going to take the next breath. And it's not going to be this pause. So there's not going to be this moment in time where we're going to take the last breath here on this earth, and it's going to be kind of like we're gasping for air until we take the next breath in this body. It's going to be instantaneous. So whenever we look at this and we live this life, what we look at is, is that we're supposed to live this life with courage because of what He's given to us. Because He's given us eternal life. Now, tonight's not going to be very long, so just kind of go with me here, okay? Because whenever we look at this and we have this uh, you know, bread of life and uh, you know, what Jesus brings to us, uh, we also go to the very first chapter of John where John introduces us to Jesus Christ uh, you know, and the words that John uses there. So let's go ahead and turn to the first chapter of John and we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. gives us this good indication of what it is. John's introduction actually goes all the way through verse 14 and I think it actually ends up really closer to verses 18 or 19. Uh, with that introduction, but let's look at this, because it has, it says, in the beginning, the Word already existed, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, He existed in the beginning with God, God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His, and His life brought light to everyone the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So we have that. So you, you have this flow, and you have this introduction to John, and John is going to bring us in that Jesus was there at the beginning of creation, and Jesus was the Word, right? Okay, and then the Word was with God, and the Word was God, uh, you know, and there was nothing that was created that wasn't created through Him. Uh, you know, and Word became life, and life became light, and light shined into the darkness to give us life. 
So this is Jesus Christ. Now let's go and let's look at Jesus whenever he begins his ministry because Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. He comes up from the water. The dove comes down on Jesus. Uh, you know, and it says that the Spirit of God uh, you know, took Jesus into the wilderness. And Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. And Satan tempted him. And Satan's first temptation was for Jesus to turn the, you know, to turn the rocks into bread. And Jesus says what? You will not live by bread alone, but you'll live by the Word of God. He is the Word of God, and he's saying that the only way that you're truly going to live is if you have me, right? So then we look at this, and they bring us, and the Pharisees bring us here, or the group of people, the crowd that Jesus was talking to, brings us to, you know, to Exodus, brings us to where God introduces manna to the Israelites, and manna at that point in time was God's food to the Israelites. It gave them life, and they were able to do this. They received manna every single morning. Well, not every single morning, because we know that on the seventh day they didn't receive manna. They received manna six days a week, and on the sixth day they gathered enough manna. And, well, it doesn't say that they gathered enough manna, so they didn't gather any more manna. It's got God blessed the manna that they picked up on the sixth day so that it lasted until the seventh day or through the seventh day. Uh, you know, so we have this, and this is the life. This was what gave the Israelites life during the time that they were walking in the deserts or wandering around in the desert, all except for the moment in time whenever they complained to God uh, you know, because they wanted some meat. And then what did God do? God rained down quail, uh, you know, and the quail was three feet deep, and I, I forgot my math and stuff, but I preached on this one time, and I think it was in a 17-mile radius, you know, circle, three feet deep of quail to feed the Israelites. And he fed them so much quail that they got sick. He said, if you want meat, I'll give you more than what you can handle. And they got sick because he wanted them to live on the bread of life. He wanted them to live on him and on his substance. You know, so we look at this, and where we get this from is from Deuteronomy chapter, whoo, wait a minute, I have this one marked here. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, and it says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then fed you with manna of food previous, uh, preciously or previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that the people did not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So, yes, He is the bread of life. Yes, He gives us the bread of life. Uh, you know, but the bread of life is what? The bread of life is the Word of God that we have right here. Now, I want you to grab a hold of this, and we're going to stop really quick. I, I know I'm excited, but we're going to stop really quick because this is where I want you to go to. Because whenever we look here, uh, let's, if, you can turn, if you want to turn there, okay, it's in Exodus chapter 16, and it begins with verse 19, and it's 19 and 20. Exodus chapter 16 Verses 19 and 20. Look to me whenever you're there. I got a finger up, so that means you're not there yet, right? I've got some eyes. Are you there? 16, 19, and 20. Okay? All right? And it says, Then Moses told them, Do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't, didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. By then it was full of maggots and it had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. So what is it? This is manna. So they were supposed to go out and they got the manna for that day. They didn't get manna for today and for tomorrow. They just got manna for that day. If they kept manna until the next day, it was full of maggots and it smelled really bad. You couldn't eat it. Let me give you this. I wanna, I'm bringing you into this right here and I'm going to come down because here we go. Okay, What we see whenever we take this, Jesus being the bread of life, Okay, and we get here and he says, I want you to get it for today and not for tomorrow. What he is saying is, is that we have to have Jesus Christ, the bread of life, every single day. You cannot live on yesterday's bread. 
If you're living on yesterday's bread, you're full of nothing but maggots and old smelly stuff. And we don't want that. I'll tell you this. Peggy and I had gotten involved with Trinity Church in the Nazarene in Charlotte. And they had a big men's group. And we were going down to the coast, and some of us was going to go. Some of them, some of us was going to go golfing. Some were going to go fishing. But we were going there, and Mickey Marvin, uh, you know, the football player, was going to speak to us while we were there. Man, I was all excited about this. I climbed into a truck, you know, into a jeep full of uh, you know other men and stuff that was young, my age. You know, I think I was somewhere around what twenty-seven, uh, thirty. That's the time. That's whenever I broke my leg. So 30, so I'll say I was 30 years old. We were driving down there, and they started asking me these questions. You know, they started asking me biblical questions. About two hours into this three-hour trip, I started crying. They're like, John, what in the world's going on? I said, all these questions that I have answered you with are things that I have learned in the past. God is not afresh and anew in my life. See, Jesus, and God tells us, you know, he says, you need me for today, but tomorrow you need me brand new. You need me brand new. You need the word of God today. You need the life-giving bread. You need it today, but you also need it tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, whenever you wake up, you need to break the bread of life. You need it anew, and you need it afresh. We cannot live on yesterday's bread. We can't do it. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the word of God. There's a word in there that we skipped. And I said I was going to be quick. I was going to end pretty quick, didn't I? I'm sorry about that. I, you know. <laughs> he says in verse 51, I am the living bread. That came down from heaven, anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will give, of, will, will give, I'm sorry, I will offer so the world may live. This is my flesh. Jesus was talking about something that he was going to do. Jesus was talking about the cross and him going to die on the cross for us. Because see, if he lived this wonderful life up until, the, up until the point that he was here, but not go to the cross and not be raised again, then it was nothing. He still had to finish it. But I want you to know that he's finished it. And in two Sundays, we're going to celebrate that finished part. Because he is truly the bread of life. He is truly the bread of life. We cannot live. We can't have anything. We can't do anything without the bread of life. But we have to live this life with the courage, knowing that whenever I take my last breath here, that I take my first breath there. But we have to be willing to live with him before we can die with him. bread of life our Lord and Savior the one that came to this earth so that we could live with him forever and forever and that eternity started the moment that we received him as our Savior I think I was more excited this morning about this evening than I was about this morning. I need to kind of settle down a little bit. You know, God truly has a lot for us. And for me, in making the connections, and, and I truly have to say that my father-in-law helped me with the connection because he told me he said John he said if you preach 
You have to have an Old Testament scripture to back up the gospel. So he forced me to think about Old Testament passages of scripture that talked about the bread of life. The bread of life, Jesus Christ. We can do absolutely nothing without him. But we can do everything with him. Everything with him. Let's stand for dismissal.